Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford, your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely, lock or unlock it from your smartphone, receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health, and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of this, the Steve Warren Project, the SWP, and it's presented by Jim K. Ford and the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Glen Walton dropped by a nice Christmas wreath by my house the other day, James. James, how are you, by the way? Must have had the wrong house. Uh, oh, how dare yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, Stevie boy. I'm at the uh, palatial estate of my sister, Mary Lou, my older sister. Shoning Birds, remember? Shoning Birds. Shoning Birds. Yeah. Old uh, there. Yeah, beautiful new home they're in. And I'm, I'm down here hanging out with her. And I'm in the middle of doing uh, Haley Wickenheiser's parents' life story. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, love Marilyn and Tom. There you go, Wickenheiser. And uh, I've doubted, Steve, I've now done like 35 different life stories. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I wonder if that if I wonder if that counts the four I had to do over again because I broke the SD card. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, I'm surprised because normally if you had told me what you just told me, say, two years ago, I would have said, how many times did Jimmy have to call me to help him retrieve something lost on one of his SD cards yeah. or recordings. And it's actually gone pretty seamless, I must say. Stevie, you would be impressed how nifty I am. Uh, T- no, okay. Wouldn't, <laughs> <right>. Probably. <laughs> Everything's relative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really call me nifty Jimmy. Sure. Yeah. Sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in these parts, James, uh, uh, Christmas is busting out all over. Yeah, uh, we went we went really hard early on the Christmas decorations. We've got oh no, we got we got I've got this neat 1938 floor model RCA Victor radio that I've kind of just hollowed out and put a Sonos speaker in there. So it's a great sounding, um, it's great sound in the, throughout the house. And Christmas music has been playing throughout the house. The tree is already up. We are yeah, all in on Christmas this year. Yeah, your wife. Your wife's big on it, right? She, oh, yeah. She, yeah, she loves that. I'll tell you something funny, Stevie. I've got, uh, I've got hooked into shopping on Amazon. Christmas shopping? Well, everything, everything. Like I just, uh, I scroll through Amazon or or whatever, and or I get notices on Facebook. I got to tell you a great story about my brother. Um, so I think you and I were talking. I don't know if you saw it. It's like that's an incredible price for that stuff. Like. DeWalt tools, okay? Power tools. Power tools are expensive, okay? And I see this ad for like a dozen different power tools, okay, that you can buy all together. Like you can buy these 12 power tools for $32, <laughs> okay? So so the old, it's too good to be true. Um, but what I did see was Titleist golf balls. I'm a title, I pay Titleist Pro Vs, expensive. They're about six bucks a ball, Okay. It's dumb. And I see like four dozen Titleists, okay, which would be, I, I don't know, what was six, like 
280 bucks, $200 through 250. Okay. Uh, or Stevie, $34. Okay. I'm going, that's too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong. And uh, so I never did it. And I was over visiting my brother in Victoria and there's one golf ball sitting on his counter. I'm like, what's that all about? He goes, I saw this incredible deal. Okay. For $39. Same deal. Same deal. Somehow Steve through the wording of it, they're protected. They sent him one golf ball. And I, <laughs> so I like, uh, I don't know how they're doing it, Steve. Like, like the other one is I see. It's like, fraud. Uh, That's how they're doing it. Fraud. It's fraud. It's like Kelly Clarkson the other day. I see a video of her talking about some weight loss medicine. Okay. And I'm looking at, I'm going, oh, the video's all off. Like the, like the, you know, what, what she's saying isn't matching the video, but it's her voice. Okay. Okay. And it's not her doing this at all. It's not her endorsing this thing, but they've somehow able to have her voice, a picture of her. They have her yapping about, obviously it's something else and they just dub over it. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Artificial intelligence is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, Stevie. So I'm an Amazon guy. I love it. I've, 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 you know, I'm going, that's incredible. That's a great deal. 60 bucks, you know, for a jack. And, and some of it's very good stuff. But what happens to me, Steve, is when I go to sleep at night, uh, I get sleepy because, well, medication, Steve, okay? All right? Mm-hmm. Prescription pills, all right? And I take a lot of them, and then I get very, very drowsy, but I hate going to bed, Steve. I hate it takes me forever to fall asleep. So I start to scroll through Amazon while I'm kind of sleeping, okay? And then- Sounds like a good uh, match. La- yeah. Last week, Steve, four days in a row, a different watch showed up oh. my, from Amazon. I bought four watches, Steve, that I kind of forgot about. <laughs> wow. Because you need a watch these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Not that we all aren't carrying around a device that has the time there. It's ready anytime you need it. Right. Uh, yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Um, but let's get into things. We've got lots to get to today. Lots of sports. I don't know if you had a chance. You and I are old CFL fans, you know, back in the, uh, in our formative years reared on the Canadian football league. And I yes. think obviously the NFL has, uh, has taken over for, for a lot of Canadian football fans. Uh, it's their true passion, the NFL, but mm-hmm. there are still those who still love the gray cup and the ratings were very good. And one thing that the CFL always seems to do well is to put on a great national championship game. Grey mm-hmm. Cup week is always fun, and the game itself, more often than not, is pretty damn good. And I thought one of the best happened on Sunday night oh, with Montreal okay. somehow, somehow, some way upsetting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Two big upsets for that team. I didn't think they had a prayer against the Argos in Toronto in the Eastern Final, and I certainly didn't think they had a prayer against Winnipeg. And uh, and they got it done. So I thought it was a pretty entertaining evening right down to the halftime show, which was a pretty good job by Green Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you think of the Grey Cup? Did you see any of it? Let me just check my correspondence, Steve, that I had prior to the game with my bookie. Oh, you got a good winning let's, bet, did you? Let's, uh, hey, bookie, I'll take Montreal plus eight. Wow. Yeah, for four grand. No. No, no. <laughs> You're not throwing $4,000 wagers around. Come on no, now. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I picked Montreal, though. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, a fantastic game, Steve. Yeah. It was a great game. Yeah. 
I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was uh, Cody Fajardo is certainly a great story. He was cast off in Saskatchewan. Uh, that was something they certainly profiled again and again on TSN. And uh, one of the French-Canadian players from the Montreal Alouettes went completely bonkers in an RDS interview afterward, basically turning the whole thing into a – and you've seen this time and time again. They didn't respect us. They didn't respect uh, – th- thought didn't think we could win and then yeah. turn it into a French language thing. Uh, yeah, TSN has not got any uh, language, uh, French language signs up here. And, um, and it, you know, keep your English and so on and I so know. forth. It was, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I, I have no way. I don't have an anti-French bone in my body. I mean, I, I did a substantial amount of my growing up in, in Quebec with my parents divorced, my mom moving back home to low Quebec. So, um, as as someone who's just watching as a football fan and watching this French Canadian kid go sideways, I was like, "What's happening here? I don't even I don't even get this." Well, well, part of it was nice because he he's from Montreal, I think, or or somewhere in Quebec. You know, he's French, and he was saying, "You know, my whole life, I I grew up watching the Alouettes, and it was my dream come true one day to play in the Grey Cup in the Alouettes." So it's it's kind of like. Oh, I guess he's been around the league like maybe like 15 or 20 years in a row. He's going to retire. He's played 15 years or something. I think the guy was, I, I don't know how old he is, 20, maybe yeah, younger. I, he'd be I, in his I, 20s for sure. Yeah. It's I Marco, don't know it his name is, by the way, he's the Alouette safety. And sorry for not having the name earlier, uh, Mark Antoine Decoy. Um, he says, uh, yeah, well, I've already told you what he says, but uh, yeah, he was upset at everybody <laughs> after the game. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, uh, Apparently he would, uh, if he could, he wanted to have a referendum right there on the on the uh, on the field. You know yeah, about yeah. Uh, Quebec needs to separate. No, no, it's the Great Cup here. What? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah he um, was. He, it was almost like, okay, dude, you're beyond radical here. Calm down, fella. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. lots of f bombs. This was this intense, said, man. Yeah, yeah, they never believed in us. But you know what, man? You keep your English because we're grabbing the cup. We're bringing it to Montreal. We're bringing it to Quebec, and we're bringing it home. And uh, he said nobody believed in us and uh, took issue with lack of French signage at the Grey Cup, um, which is, I think, you know, that's that's not a great oversight, but it, you know, I don't think there was any declaration of uh, disrespect. Uh, I think it was just something somebody forgot shouldn't happen at our national championship game, but was, I didn't think it was that huge a deal. Like for example, if I don't know, they showed up with nothing but French Canadian signs uh, at the gray cup in Montreal and forgot the English ones. You know how much sleep mm-hmm. I'd lose over that? Absolutely. Fucking none. Yeah. 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 Well, out West, you know, they're, they're, you know, you still, you jump on a plane, uh, you go to sporting events and, and they still have to do announcements you know, uh, in, in both languages. Yeah. Okay. Um, I lost the bride. Remember I did the briar gigs. I, I lost that gig cause I'm not bilingual. Someone came along and said, okay, we need to have a, a English and French MC. Right. You know, and if you come out West, Steve, a French announcement might as well be Greek. Right. There's just not, there's just not a big population of French out here, but, um, however, however, and there'd be a, honestly, I mean, let's be honest. Well, it's not right. A good chunk of your audience out there would be bothered if you started talking in French. Yeah, yeah, they would. I mean, it's a little different, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy for the guy that he's bringing the the Grey Cup back to Quebec. 
Yeah. Uh, 13 years. I'm, I suspect, Steve, they'll be at Water Street. It'll just be lined wall to wall with a ticker tape. We better, you know, I better be. Yeah. 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 You better be. Whoa, 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 Jim. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Um, moving on to the NFL. I don't know what Tom Brady's on about. Seems like five seconds ago, Tom Brady retired from the National Football League. Yeah, sure. And yet he's on with Stephen A. Smith yesterday, talking like he's an 85-year-old man shaking his fist at a cloud with the onion on his belt because it was the style at the time and yelling about how good things used to be. Today's game's no good. Well, let me play the clip for you just so you have a sense of it. This is Tom Brady, very recently removed from the NFL as a player himself, talking about how the game isn't what it used to be. I I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? Why not? I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm -hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. So there's Tom Brady, who played in the National Football League in 2022. Right. <laughs> taking the league down. Uh, what a strange rant that was. What did you think? Completely strange. You know, because everything he said is just not true. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know what, I'll tell you what the problem is in the game. The rules. Yeah. What? What they, Did they go to two downs or something, Steve? Did they, they shorten the field? Did they? Well, I think he's getting into that. You see, you see yeah, the? he dabbled in, the, in it being soft now, right? You know, I, I, you know, the guys aren't protecting themselves out there. How about some... How about some emphasis on that as well instead of regulating everything? Jesus effing, you know what? Like, I guess I, I said Jesus in there. I could have probably said the rest too. Mm. Strange, strange way of starting a sentence. But the point is, who benefited from the NFL soft regulated rules more than Tom Brady? If you're a defensive lineman trying to track that guy down in the pocket and you so much as had your thumb glance off the top of his helmet yeah you're getting a you're getting a 15 yard major like you're getting they throw the book at you they protected that guy so well throughout his career what in the world is he complaining about i, he I benefited know. from those rules well plus plus steve he said nothing positive about the game like I'm sure he just he went something on to- i don't know if, if i from what i you know he just went on this is bad that's bad Defensive players need to protect themselves. I, I I don't even know what he means by that. I'm not even sure what he means by that. I, well, I just I guess he's saying that uh, guys shouldn't be. I don't know. Keep. I guess they should be as in hockey. Keep your head up, kid. That sort of thing. I guess. Well, they I do. I I might get if you're an offensive player, a receiver, or something. And he says you got to protect yourself, right? You got to be yeah. careful about. I, I don't know. I would shut up, Tom. Yeah. 
How about Zipperit? I'm surprised you know he's why? not like, well, I don't know why. I mean, he's clearly willing to say controversial things. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'd heard word that he might be doing something in the way of, uh, of NFL analysis, but oh. uh, not, nothing so far. This is just, he was just guesting on the Stephen A. Smith show, whatever the hell it's called these days. And uh, I don't know, would you like Tom Brady, based on what you heard there, would you like to hear him breaking down a game or breaking down some big storyline in the NFL? I, you know, the a- analyzing football, man, has come a long way in the last five or six years where, and, and I think it was Romo who changed it when Romo mm-hmm. came in and said, yeah, okay, here's the play they're going to run right now. Okay. So now some people don't like Romo. guys, and, and I guess he's done, right? He doesn't do any more games anymore. Or does he, does he do Sunday games? Oh, well, I think he's still going. Okay. Um, anyway, I think he changed it. I, I thought he was really good going, okay, here's what's happening. That's a wishbone. Oh, he's changed the play, right? He's called an audible, right? Because he's I, I, I thought he was really good. So it 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 meant that if you're gonna be an analyst, a color guy on a football game, you're gonna have to bring it now. You know, you're gonna have to bring it. I even noticed Aikman and those guys are doing more of that, you know, right. that that and Collingsworth and stuff that they're 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 calling these plays before they're before they pull the trigger, you know. So yeah. if Tom can do that, then then have at her, you know. Then have at her. Yeah, I don't know that that would be color analysis during the game. I'm I'm thinking more he would be better at the idea of just uh, being on a panel, like for example that Fox panel. I mean, it's ready for a reboot. Let's be honest. You got some guys that are getting long in the tooth there. Terry right. Bradshaw looking in your direction. He was great for a long time, but mm-hmm. at some stage you'd like to bring in fresh blood, and who'd be better than a guy like Tom Brady? Uh, it's going to cost you though. He'll probably make more in his if he takes a broadcast job uh, than he ever did in an NFL season. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take a time out of the program. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, punishment in the NHL coaching ranks. We've seen punishment toward NHL coaches. Looking in your direction, Bill Peters, uh, Mike Babcock, Joel right. Quenville. There've been a few, um, but I want to talk a little bit about the concept of making players accountable with things like bag skates and making guys healthy scratches. We'll get to that coming up after these words. Ladies and gentlemen, rev up your engines and get ready for the deal of a lifetime. Jim K. Ford is proud to announce the 2023 Ford F-150 clear-out sale, the event you've been waiting for. For a limited time only, Jim K. Ford is offering unbeatable discounts, jaw-dropping financing options, and mind-blowing trade-in deals. Don't miss out on the 2023 Ford F-150 clear-out sale at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! The housing market in Ottawa can be a volatile world out there. And if you're looking to buy or sell right now, the Glen Walton real estate team can help. Glenn helped my family sell a home a couple of years ago and did a ton for us, including staging. He provided a great painter, a cleaner, and even bought new ceiling lights. All to make sure the home was looking its best on picture day, and it was all part of his services. He can do the same for you. Visit glenwalton.com. Thanks once again to Glenn, by the way, for dropping off that uh, that Christmas wreath. Very nice. Very Thank nice. you, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Uh, and he said it's for you too to enjoy, Jim. If you ever drop by sometime between now and Christmas, consider that the wreath is fifty percent yours. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something. It's not nothing. Yeah, not a, yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice for sure. But yeah, if I was going to your place to get the wreath, I'm just going there, getting the wreath, and then fucking off. Okay? I'm not real. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're so antisocial, aren't you? Uh, um, yeah, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about this. It came to mind the other day with uh, Marty St. Louis, the Montreal Canadiens coach. Uh, at the end of practice, he made the guys do wind sprints. Just a standard hard skate at the end of practice. I don't think there was anything punitive in it, but it still exists out there, that so-called bag skate. You saw it in the movie Miracle. Herb Brooks, mm-hmm. after a, a loss in the preliminaries before the 1980 Olympics, they lose the game. He says, stay on the ice. You guys are doing wind sprints until they puked, until mm-hmm. one of them blurted out that, uh, you know, he wanted to hear one of them say, the team I play for is not University of Wisconsin. It is the United States of America and that that stage they were allowed to go. Uh, you don't want to work hard on games. Yeah, you work hard in the practice. And I, I look, it still exists today in minor hockey, in, in the junior ranks, the college ranks, and in the NHL, the standard bag skates where you're skating to the point of exhaustion mm-hmm. or beyond. And I, I'm wondering if we're at a stage now where bag skates are bordering in abuse of power um, and whether you're it's counterproductive. If whatever you're trying to accomplish, you want to win as a coach. Is it counterproductive to do these types of things now in 2023? Like in the way of the resentment, the hater aid, as uh, somebody uh, said, uh, the, the, the player resentment. Oh, good one. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. Uh, the player resentment and the risk of injury. Is it worth it in the end? Stevie, here's the problem. Uh, it's very difficult to coach guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is coming from Russ. It's totally different. The the kids coming into the league, the players are way more sensitive. Okay, about exactly the stuff you're talking about. Pulling a guy aside, sort of holding him by the collar and giving him shit. Uh, There's something the other day where a junior coach skated across the ice to yelled at one of his players and chopped his stick. The coach had a stick and he. He chopped his player's stick. Well, now that's suspended. Now, yeah, he got freaking suspended. I'm like, oh, come on, lighten up, man. You know, talk. The the problem, Steve, what do you do if, uh, and I always refer to my Oilers, of course, okay, as an example. What do you do if they, if uh, he goes, okay, you're going to bag skate, okay? And Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Dryside will go, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Good point. What do, you, what do you do? What do you do? You know, yeah. if Stutzler says Stutzler comes and says, "I'm not, I'm not doing that." Yeah, yeah, I, right. And and if I'm not mistaken, Steve, they may be doing some of that. <laughs> they may be saying, you know, I, I, like it's interesting you say this because I don't know if we did a show before Jay Woodcroft was fired, the other coach. Yeah, I think uh, we okay, so. That was the deal, apparently. With he was just too nice, you know. Right. Like, like, and and they say Connor. The rumor was like, every time a coach gets fired early, right? They always go, oh, "Okay, must have been this, the first line who got together and said, okay, you got to get rid of this guy.'" I don't coach know killer. that that, ha- huh? Coach killer. Yeah, coach killer. I I don't know that that happened or not, but I do know that you know the the, the players you, you you can't do anymore or you can't say anymore what you used to say. Right, you know, to the the money's way too big. Uh, the 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 players are way more outspoken. Um, you know, against doing doing whatever. Um, so I think it's a totally different ball game. A totally different ball game. Uh, that you know, should they bag skate them? 
I, I think as fans to relate to players, you know, um, that, that would be a good idea. Right. That would be a good idea. If, if, if they flip on the sports that night and your local guy says, I went down to the practice this afternoon, check this out here where they're all dropping to the ice and, and, and doing 20 pushups, you know, after, after they're puking or not, you know, I don't know if I want to do it to the point they're puking, but, uh, I, I, it's good. I'm, I'm glad to see it. Cause I don't think, I don't think any coach, to be honest with you, Stevie, I don't think any coach has the room anymore. I, I don't I know just, what your tool is in terms of holding guys accountable. Like yeah. the bag skate, I'm not a fan of the bag skate just from the perspective of, you know, go ahead and do that, but then don't be surprised in the next three, four games that a couple of guys slip onto the DL with a strained hamstring that everybody in the world will think, oh, he must have got hurt in the game. Oh, or maybe it was that bag skate you did a few days ago. So I, I think to me, a bag skate is a lot like a professional trainer. Let's say you're my client, I'm your trainer, and you're at the point of exhaustion, lifting, you know, doing your bench presses with your, with your max weight, and you're just at the point of exhaustion. And then I throw on like another 100 pounds on each end right. and say, do 10 more. Well, you're going to injure yourself, dude. And that's what bag skates are. I'm not talking about hard skates. You have two, three days off for fitness. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to the point of exhaustion and beyond. So I'm not a fan of it. But to the point about what tools do you have to ho- hold players accountable? There right. really are none. Some say, oh, yeah, you could take his ice time away and make him a healthy scratch. Well, you know what? Columbus just did that with Patrick Laine. He says, right. the most embarrassed I've ever been as an NHL player being a healthy scratch. Well, now the world and, you know, the NHL world, the media is making a huge deal out of this. Oh, my God, this guy got healthy right. scratched. Well, how else are you going to keep him accountable? That's the only thing a coach has. And if you're going to blow it up as something negative, uh, then then they got nothing. Yeah, I think they did in Calgary, too. H- Huberto. Yep, that, he did. Yep. Yeah, he got he got yeah. benched for the second half of a game. Yeah, I think. right. And and Kelly Rudy was going on how much he felt sorry for the guy. Here's the deal, Stevie. Sorry okay, for let's, the guy. Yeah, relax. Let let let's uh let's look at the bag skate. Okay, not to the point of puking. Okay, but but let's say, you know, the play, at the end of the practice, okay, we're gonna do back and forths. You know, blue line, blue line, red line, red. You know the way. Okay, other blue line. Do you think Stevie and so? Marty St. Louis standing there going, skate, 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 you know, back, back, back. Okay, again, again, as he's standing on the side of the ice. Do you think the players walk off, Stevie, after doing that and go, holy God, man, is that Marty St. Louis ever passionate and dedicated to our team? Right. right. Never. You know they're not. They're coming off going, okay, I hate this fucking guy. The haterade. The haterade, you know, um, the only time I ever saw it, Steve, was where the actual coach did the bag skating as well, right? right. Which is a which is a little better step, you know. But I think Mike Melbury did that one time. He did it. Yes, he did the bag skate himself, and he was basically saying, you know, that's for you guys. Uh, and, and like, I guess he was trying to get some team building going there or something. I think most of the guys are going, "That's all right. You keep doing that because we hate you already." Yeah, yeah. He did it with each player. He was like. Okay, Steve Warren, uh, you're the number four defenseman. This one's for you, right? And he skated yeah. it up and down or something yeah. like that. Um, anyway, you know, Kevin Lowell, I, I remember interviewing Kevin Lowell, and, and he was saying, you know, the, the, the problem with a lot of it uh, is, yes, sensitive players and stuff like that, is the money's getting so big. Yeah. The money's getting big, 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 big. So it's kind of like what, you know, I just signed a contract for $9 million a year, for $3 million a year, for $2.5 yeah. 
for six mil. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Your Oilers good. are becoming, I mean, they've been the talk of the NHL so far with their start to the season. They yeah. just, uh, they fire the coach and it's just more of the same. And and so what's that coach going to do now? And will that team get turned around? Will Connor McDavid ask for, you know, a trade at some point? I mean, how much more can you bend over backwards for Connor McDavid? You brought in his agent to yeah. run hockey <laughs> operations, and now you brought in his junior coach to be right. the head coach. What else are you going to do for? They're going to bring in his girlfriend to be assistant GM. I don't, or is it, I guess he got married. I'm not even sure, but you know what I'm saying. How much I more do, do you it, bend over for this guy? Here's what I. Here's what. Uh, first of all, they fired that coach way too early. Okay. Like the, like the Oilers at that point, Steve, were getting like 45 shots a game. Uh, they got some problems with letting goals in, you know, only allowing 25 shots. Okay. Right. So, but, but it's a rough start. It's a rough start. You know, the Oilers are probably going to be okay. Connor McDavid almost assuredly is hurt. There's no doubt in my mind that, that he's not a hundred percent. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going. Well, where do I sign up to get some more seasons tickets when the new coach you brought in? They had an immediate Zoom call and FaceTiming with his wife and how exceptional it was that you won a first game as an NHL coach. Okay, that's who we are now. That's that's you know, we're this playground for these other people to come in. Yeah. And like it 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 can't go anywhere but down, you know. And I think he's already batting five hundred. I don't they lost they lost last night. They were up a couple They're of Florida. goals, I think. Yeah, they end up losing six four or something like that. They, I don't know. He maybe won two games so far. I don't. I don't know. It's gonna like. What are you gonna do now, Steve? So you fire this guy at twelve games or something like that. You fire Jay Woodcroft. This guy comes in. What? What if he goes like like two and five? Now what? Yeah. Now what? Connor McDavid, by the way, if you look it up, Steve. If you look it up, Oilers love firing and hiring coaches head coaches like his he he might have had i don't know six something like that well in i'll it, look that his, up i'll look up the history yeah, look, of the edmonton oilers head coaches watch how and, many guys have been there one year steve in the last 10 okay so the guys that have been there now i think since Connor mcdavid came into the league um i'm not sure how far back i'm guessing It'd be close to 2015, 2016, something like that for Connor McDavid. If that's the case, you got Dallas Eakins, Todd Nelson. Todd How long McCullen. was Dallas Eakins there for? He was there from 2013-14 to 2014-15. So he was a year, replaced, two years, repl- yeah. Yeah, replaced by Todd Nelson, uh, who was there for 51 games. Then Todd McClellan, he was there for three seasons. Ken Hitchcock in there for 62 games. Dave Tippett in there for a couple of years, Jay Woodcroft in there for a couple of years, and now Chris Knobloch. Yeah. So they've been through a lot of coaches. They've been, been is my point. Uh, you know, Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. But they, they, they should have had some play. They had some playoff success, obviously, um, under Jay Woodcroft. He went to 28 playoff games, and that's uh, that's a lot more than anybody of those other names that I pointed out. Uh, what they were able to accomplish. So it may, yeah, it may have been a, a little early. The reality is show me any coach in the league who goes into a season with a $6 million goalie and uh, that goalie ends up in the minors. That actually sounds like I'm talking about the Ottawa senators and Matt Murray right now, Right, but uh, Jack Campbell is uh, 
had to be sent to the minors, and so they're still trying to iron things out. Uh, show me a show me a bad coach, and I'll probably show you a guy who's got a bad goalie. Well, there was a guy who put it on the other day saying, you know, gave this list of uh, of all these goalies over the last six seven years, right? Who haven't who've underperformed for for the Oilers, and they keep firing the coach, right? Or those last eight ten years that you talked about, right? It's like okay, goalie shitty, fire the coach. Goalie shitty, fire the coach. So at the beginning of the year, they're going, look at we're going with these two guys. We're lucky. We got a Skinner. We got a Campbell. Okay, we're we're really well set up. Picard played last night in that. Exactly. Who the fuck that is guy. Picard? <laughs> Jean Luc. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that would be the mighty Calvin Pickard, who was with the Colorado Avalanche for several seasons. Oh, great. So not Picard, not the French-Canadian Picard, but more like Calvin Pickard. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've we've got this all our hopes lying on a guy who's never coached in the NHL and some no-name goalie. Right, right. A bit of a journeyman, no doubt about yeah. that. He's been around, actually. He was drafted in 2010. He's 31 years of age. And has played, he had, like I say, in in around 2016, he played 50 games one year for Colorado, but he has not played more than 11 games in any NHL season since. So, uh, right. yeah, a bit of a journeyman. Let's get him to the Oilers then. Let's, yeah. let's get him to the Oilers. There it is. Here he is to save the day. <laughs> uh, my, my senators are back from Sweden, hoping to avoid what happened the last time they went to Sweden back in 2017. They won two games against Colorado in 2017, right around the same time in November, then came yeah. home, proceeded to lose 12 of the next 13, and started off their rebuild, traded away guys at like Carlson and Stone, and uh, that's what began the, the rebuild that's still going on. They haven't been back to the playoffs, so uh, we're all kind of hoping as they take this week off to get their schedules, their sleeping schedules back in line, that they're not going to have the same post-Sweden swoon they had back in uh, in 2017. I was chatting with Mark Borowiecki, who was on that 2017 team. Uh, mm-hmm. Had him on the uh, on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast, which you can hear right now on all your podcast platforms. And uh, he said, "You know what? That's just coincidence. We just had a lot of stuff, a lot of drama happening back then. They had the uh, the whole recorded Uber conversation back then. The Eric Carlson, Mike Hoffman, uh, girlfriend right. slash wife." Uh, Juicy dispute, bit of a family feud. Anyway, it was a, a bit of a mess at the time. Not that Mark's saying that, but um, didn't want to get into details. But he said it had nothing to do with Sweden fans, so don't worry. But the Sens are off all week, basically getting their schedules back in line, and they'll take on the Islanders this coming Friday. So there you go. There's the update from both of our respective NHL teams, James. Yeah, and I, you know what? Uh, your buddy there, Kachuk in Ottawa, t- took it on the chin a little bit because he gave uh, he gave Bedard. A cheap shot. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was Bedard. Um, you know the one, the kid everyone's talking about. Yeah, Connor Bedard. I get that, but I, they haven't yeah, played. I think Chicago he punched yet. him in the chest, like the whistle was blown, and Bedard was standing in front of him. He gave him the old get out of here, and everyone was freaking out. And then I went. I'd be mad. Oh, they're no, thinking about Matthew Kachuk, not Brady. Yeah, the guy with Ottawa. Matthew Kachuk, not Brady. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I said. I think I just said Kachuk. So I, because I didn't know who was who. Um, right. Anyway, so everyone's kind of freaking out. You, you know, you prick, you cheap prick. You know, you're gonna go after a star. 
And I was going, I, no, I don't, I don't mind that. You know, you, you've established yourself in the league, and all of a sudden this guy comes along, and it's like the second coming. You know, after all, you probably just want to throw a punch to the little prick, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, you might get tired of hearing it. I've, I've always had a theory about the Kachuk brothers. I guess the mom – Boy, it'd be great to see that commercial again where they're in the backseat of the car with their mom, uh, Matthew. Oh, my God. How many times have you seen that that thing? Yeah. It's a great ad, like, you know, four or five times, and then it's, like, on all the time, every game, five times a game. Anyways, um, I guess they made a deal with their mom. They were never going to have a fight in an NHL game. And what they do, and this is my theory. I don't know if they've ever announced this publicly, but I think what they do is if, uh, if Brady Kachuk is messing with one of Matthew Kachuk's teammates, yeah. Matthew will just immediately go over and just start wailing on one of Brady's teammates. Oh, yeah. The old, that's the that's called the Marty McSorley. Yeah, that move right there. Is he, is he had a brother in the league? No, but but what we would do when someone would crowd Wayne, okay, some some cheap you know cheap shot guy would come up fourth liner, right? Well, then you would expect that Marty's going to go over and beat the shit out of that guy, right? Right. But what he does is he goes to the bench and says. No, no, I'm gonna. It's Detroit. I'm gonna beat the shit out of Steve Eiserman. So right. you want to keep that up? I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna yeah. take down Mark Messier. You know, for playing with the Rangers and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, 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 that makes Marty McSorley. Yeah. That makes sense. You're going after a more valuable guy. This in this case, it's it's sort of the same, but it's a little different in that it's basically I'm gonna go. You're in the middle of a scrap, or you're face washing somebody right now. I'm gonna go right. do the same thing to one of your teammates almost like punch him in the face in effigy. Right. Right? So, have I used effigy in the right context there, by the way? Oh, F-U-G. <laughs> oh. We like to leave the show with, <laughs> with a laugh, but I'm not sure that'll be it. <laughs> Our website, ladies and gentlemen, is stevewproject.com. We'll try again next week, and we appreciate you being here once again. Don't forget about our Patreon memberships. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, we do appreciate that. Those of you who are continuing to support the program, you guys are awesome. And it would be great if you're uh, a regular listener to check that out. SteveWProject.com. Appreciate it across the board. James, enjoy your week, and we shall talk to you in our next episode. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. See you, Steve. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at stevewproject.com.